Professor Thomas Finhold, this is the Dean of School of Information, University of Michigan and Arbor. So, you know, the whole era of, of privacy laws are changing around the world. And Europe is doing, is, is, you know, is being much more stricter as compared to the US. How do you see now the e-laws moving both either globally in the US? Um, you know, I think the, the spirit of the laws is, is a good one, that there are, um, you know, predatory aspects of these uh, platforms that can be very damaging to individuals and the, and the security of their uh, information. I guess I would, uh, I would draw an exception to the, the, the focus in the, in the EU on trying to write legislation and regulation to anticipate all possible contingency and reflect more on uh, efforts that, that would focus on creating a normative structure around uh, behavior such that doing things like compromising people's privacy would just not be something one would, would think of. And um, I think these kind of uh, normative campaigns can have uh, a greater staying power than, say, the, the force of regulation. So take, for example, uh, tobacco cessation. I think um, the stigmatization of uh, smoking in the United States did a lot more to, uh, to uh, non-smoking than uh, any amount of, say, regulatory pressure. Or you could argue that the stigmatization, along with the, the tax structure on cigarettes, made it expensive to start, and the fact that it wasn't cool to do it made it uh, made it difficult to, to keep doing it. And I think, you know, we need to be in a position where uh, these large enterprises don't start thinking that their first step should be to, you know, pirate all of people's individual data. And um, uh, I, I think we would, we would get further with, uh, with uh, a cultural movement that said that such, um, such preying on individual data is, is inappropriate rather than you know, relying on, uh, on a regulatory forward, which could, you know, could be naive. But, um, but I, I tend to think that uh, norms in the end are always a more potent force than, uh, than even the force of law can be. And uh, uh, you, just, you, know, you just need to create mores and practices around uh, data handling that are the same as uh, th things that you would you know, have instantiated in the culture around uh, how one behaves towards strangers. Or, you know, like, I'm not going to walk into your house and and steal things. Sure, there's a, a body of law that would punish me for doing that, but it's the it's the kind of the instruction and the and the normative orientation that keeps me from doing that more than you know, say any any fear of potential punishment. So I and so it's all which is to say I understand the impulse of the EU regulators. I just am not always certain that uh, that trying to anticipate every possible exclusion is uh, is an, is an effective approach. I also think when you when you create a regulatory bulwark like that, you you compel a uh, a reaction and response that um, that probably makes progress more difficult than and easier. If you understand my meaning there. You also you know you you have your authority on social computing. 
now technology has both its positives and the negatives and you know there was a recent study by un which says that technology could be a huge addiction especially the social media there are a lot of uh, you know it builds on you and there are a lot of negative effects including it it's gets to a stage where people get get depressed also what are your thoughts here I and mean, how should we judiciously use technology in social space and what measures should we take to be very careful of you know it not going to a level where we are totally dependent on them yeah so i think this is um i think this is a domain again where um there can be some degree of uh of normative suasion or or instruction if you will um so the analogy i would draw is uh, when I, when i was in grade school they showed us 16 mm films that were sort of how to behave in public settings you know how to how to talk to strangers how to welcome people into your home whatever right and we don't really have any similar kind of uh instruction or guidance with respect to social media because it's so new and it emerged so rapidly we didn't have time to sort of you know parse out what the rules of the road would be and i think now we've got to do some backtracking to to reintroduce some of those uh standards and you know particularly you look at um uh the way uh adolescent users uh are sharing all kinds of things that for you know older people would be horrifying to consider as in the in the public realm i think some of that stuff is uh it must be terrifying for you life has changed so much from your end do you think that i mean how the leverage how the technology is enabling different social media outlets you think that's changed a lot yeah i well i it, i mean the the point that was made in the panel uh, at the beginning scott said it's possible for some enterprising 12 year old to assemble yes, all of the components that she needs to build you know a massive presence or an identity or or what have you on say a platform like youtube and and that kind of a thing um that that's a that's a tremendous power and that power could be used for for good um particularly if you are uh, demonstrating some you know set of practices related to uh uh hygiene and care of you know newborn infants and and things like that that could be critical in reducing infant mortality but you know the the things that enable those pro social outcomes also are the basis for a lot of these antisocial things and <coughs> I think from the point of view of the antisocial aspects those are probably best addressed through uh through a kind of a normative guidance um where again you think about how might you stigmatize these kinds of uses such as you know uh uh Bollywood stars not modeling the behavior that that you find to be uh, destructive you know when you when you eliminated smoking on screen you see corresponding decline in smoking rates in the population i think there's a lot you can do through that sort of suasion that we're not we're not fully exploring at the moment or themselves modeling uh behaviors i don't uh i don't think we have very good exemplars of that in the united states right now around social media but you know you you could imagine some future where uh where twitter isn't weaponized against your opponents So uh one of our big uh thrusts at Michigan right now is trying to think about this environment of social media and what are the the uh the correlates of its toxicity 
and how can we apply uh, research findings in a, in a manner that addresses that, uh, that toxicity. So we created uh, the Center for Social Media Responsibility in part to uh, develop measures that would allow us to index some of the dysfunction and then, you know, by indexing that dysfunction, you identify it and then can develop interventions and be able to see whether those interventions are uh, resulting in, in, in change. So it turns out, for example, in, uh, in comment fields, rather than, you know, having a thumbs up or a thumbs down, if you just had a, a third category that might be something like, uh, that's reasonable, or, uh, or, or I understand why you say that, that that could mitigate some of the hostility that emerges in these settings where right now the, the stakes are almost always set up as an us versus them kind of thing and then a race to the bottom in terms of who can say the nastiest thing about the, about the other side. Uh, and these design features, which is what they are, we've known about them for 30 years. Uh, we're just not uh, being very proactive about getting the word out about the application of these things. And, you know, in Michigan, we're training the people that will be the product designers for these products, and we're trying to instill in them some sense of responsibility about this awesome power that they are unleashing in some of these platforms. And I think that I'm, I'm optimistic about the future because I think they will have the, the guidance to make decisions that won't unleash all of these unpleasant uh, secondary consequences. You know, I think Facebook, we'd have been a lot better off with the subscription model of Facebook than an ad-driven model because that might not have led to this, you know, race to the bottom in terms of attention kind of thing. Please, thank you. Great, thank you.